Hi, welcome to Story Guts. I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. And this is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. How are you doing, Alice? I'm doing great. California's on fire. Fair enough. Well, here's a question, Alice. Have you ever been a part of a love triangle? If I did, I didn't know. <laughs> Was I? Ma, you tell me. You're like the impassionate, like, thir- outside observer. I mean... I think you've been part of love triangles, but we don't need to get into that. Wait. I mean, I don't think they've been, like, the cool, sexy kind. Well, yes, but... (laughs) Okay, but tell me more. What what do you mean, tell you more? You've been in multiple sort of, like, weird, one-sided, polyamorous relationships. Okay, well, that's... Yeah, like, that's... Where, like, even though it wasn't supposed to, love triangle dynamics emerged. Oh, fuck, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's not like the fun. I was like, I thought you you meant like one I didn't know about in college, but no, uh, no, those are yeah. You're right. Those are shitty love triangles that aren't. Yeah, fun. I mean, I feel like most of them in real life are probably pretty shitty. Yeah, that's true. Because I I know that you mentioned that I know that you've been at least one in your freshman year. Oh yeah, I guess you could call it a love triangle. It, it was a classic, like you know. I mean, I liked someone. He liked someone else. She didn't like him. So it was just sort of depressing for all of us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we had a few fr- yeah, I know. I think I think we have a few friends who are in a love triangle, but they're not. You're right. Like, they're not very fun. Like, in, yeah. in stories, you're like, ooh, like, all this drama. But in real life, you're like, this is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like in... in... Oh, so in case it wasn't clear, we're talking about love triangles this week. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in like, media, right, the love triangle is sort of this um, this fantasy of, like, choosing between two different but equally great people. And you have, like, amazing connections with both of them. And, you know, it's a really hard choice because, like, both are so great. Mm-hmm. And, like, in reality, the way that love triangles work it's just like everyone's unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's not really thrilled. Yeah. Because uh, if they were, the love triangle would have already collapsed into a... Throttle. Relation- no. <laughs> into <laughs> one relationship and like one unhappy outsider. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's that's right. Um, yeah, so... All right, we've know. already established that. Love triangles are horrible. Always, in real life. But in, in life. media, not so much. I mean, they're they're sort of a a classic, a very classic trope. Oh, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the, the first love triangle. The first OG love triangle. Was oh it God. Thomas, Jesus, and Judas? Was that another one? Or no? Okay, sorry, Molly. Go on. <laughs> I thought we were talking about, like, the OG love triangles, but apparently not. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go, like, a little later, like, mm-hmm. uh... Montague, Capulets, and century. Poison. Oh, okay. Even later. All right. Even later. I mean, I guess you could argue, like, there are probably, def- probably definitely love triangles in uh, in Shakespeare. 
Um, or you can certainly make arguments. You can make an argument for Othello, Iago, and Desdemona. You can make an argument for Romeo, Juliet, and Paris. Though and poison. I, I don't think Paris really knew what was up. <laughs> um and there are probably some very obvious ones that I'm not thinking. Oh, no, obviously. Obviously. Obviously, um, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster, and Bride of Frankenstein's monster. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Molly is giving me quite a look. Actually, in the in the Frankenstein play I saw that no. was so bad, um, that, that kind of happened a little bit because Frankenstein's monster – or no, sorry, the, 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 Franken, the wife – the creature's wife that was created mm-hmm. was a hot naked lady and Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, well, he's not a doctor, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein, like, <laughs> he didn't, yeah, he's uh, not a doctor in this one. Victor Frankenstein, like, was like, talking about how hot she was and like, kissed her mouth and like, touched her boob and then the monster was like, oh, she's my wife. Anyway, it was extremely I, bad. I think that it's sexism that, the bride of the creature's bride is always like really like a really sexy woman, while the creature's always like, you know, oh, a monster. I know, and it's no. like really like Victor Frankenstein. Oh, I'm gonna make a man. Ugh, no homo. I'm gonna not gonna make him look too good because you know people would ask. Well, questions. okay. Here, in fairness, part of his horror of the creature is that he turned out so ugly, even though he like he actually tried to make him look handsome. Mm-hmm. Like he picked all these like nice parts and put them together, and then. He is, like, horrified by the gruesome results. So he's like, no, I need to, if I make something else, it has to be more perfect and beautiful. But, of course, they also just wanted to have, like, a hot naked lady on the stage. Um, yeah. Anyway, going back to what I was saying. <laughs> uh-huh. Because uh, I'd rather not think about that play any longer than I have to. Sorry. Um, uh, sort of the classic, to me, the classic uh, love triangle from Shakespeare is... Viola, Olivia, and um, fuck, what's his name? The Duke guy, mm. Orsino. So, have you? Do you know Twelfth Night at all? Um, just vaguely, just like a lot of like Viola pretends to be her um brother, but then like it's there's like several like multi. Well, she she pretends she doesn't she doesn't pretend to be her brother. She pretends to be a a boy, but because she has a twin brother, she looks just like her brother. So she pretends to be this guy, Cesario, mm-hmm. and then as Cesario, she becomes sort of like a servant or something. I don't know. She she ends up in the household of this Duke Orsino, and she falls in love with him. Um, and then this woman, Olivia, falls in love with Cesario, uh, a.k.a. Viola. And um, I think the Duke, I don't know. Eventually, in the end, of course, Orsino and Viola end up together, mm-hmm. and Olivia ends up with Viola's twin brother. Um, so they just sort of like heterosexual that up at the yeah, end yeah, like, in classic oh, fashion. Um, and you can see a even more like I, I feel like there's still this sort of like lingering ambiguity and complexity in mm-hmm. in Shakespeare because it's Shakespeare um, in the. Amanda Bynes' film, She's the Man, they... Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's very... Um, like, they work so hard to make it, like, not gay. I mean, it still feels very gay, but <laughs> they work yeah. hard to make it not gay. Um, yeah. So I think that's sort of, like, a classic, classic love triangle with some added, you know, cross-dressing, mistaken mm-hmm. identity. Of course. Um, 
like really a, a great great love spice, triangle. Yeah, the spicy. It's got it's got spice. Yeah, it's definitely more interesting than um, you know some of the later ones. And then I was thinking about uh, um, you know like Jane Austen style love triangle where you sort of get the bad guy who's really handsome, mm-hmm. and then the the good guy who like seems not that interesting or kind of like not that great at first, mm-hmm. and but it's the sensible choice. Um, that which is I think which is a really fascinating that's like a fascinating choice because it's like the fundamental question of like do you go for the interesting option or the safe option I don't know do you find that well, an interesting choice or I mean you... I think I I mean I think so I do think this is one of the sort of big uh, so kind of stepping back like one of the big formations of the uh, of the love triangle specifically the one where it's a female protagonist choosing between two men mm-hmm. um and usually one of the men is more of a bad boy mm-hmm. in some way or another and one of the men is like more of a nice boy in some way or another <laughs> so um usually it's at least one of the 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 men is dangerous in some way mm-hmm. whether he's a vampire <laughs> or <laughs> literally a vampire or just like a worse vampire. Okay, um, so which there was a Jane Austen book where you had to choose between a vampire or a worse vampire. Yeah, classic Jane Austen novel. No, the, I'm going You're a little about, later now. Okay, all right. I was like, huh? Uh, this is not. This does not line up with what I know, but I'm, uh, I don't know much. So I mean, so in in Jane Austen, it really frequently is. So um, in Pride and Prejudice, you get Elizabeth. Um, and she is very attracted to this, like, hot dude named Wickham mm-hmm. and thinks that Darcy is just the pits because he's real rude. Yeah. Um, but, of course, in the end, it turns out Wickham's a total creep and Darcy is, like, a wonderful man. Yeah, but just, like, a little like a little bit of a creep, though. Darcy's not a creep. He's just not very nice. Okay. Not a creep. Okay. Wickham is a creep. He runs off with a 15-year-old girl oh, at the end true. of the book. And he only marries her because Darcy pays him to. Ugh. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, come on, um, Darcy. Darcy, really? What do you mean? Darcy pays him to marry a 15-year-old? Well, because she was... It was the time. She was ruined. So if okay, they didn't okay. get married, then she would have been ruined socially, and her entire family would have been ruined as well. All right, all right, all right. So it's um, not like... All right, Darcy. Yeah. All I know about Darcy is like that one movie where he's like, I love you. Okay, that isn't even that movie. That okay. is North and South. Oh, whoops. All right, never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, classic. What was, so, oh, yeah. Dar- so it's like the, the, the sort of more dangerous choice and then the 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 safer choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, honestly, it. it goes both ways like there's not any one way it goes i think i think in the austin example it's a little different because um one is like really a morally wrong choice wickham is actually a terrible person Mm -hmm. and darcy is actually clearly the best but in a i mean to go for like probably the most famous love triangle of our generation in an edward versus jacob type situation Uh like there's not really Oh, right. Is that what you meant by vampire and worst vampire? No, because they're no. What I meant by vampire versus worst vampire, I was talking about the Vampire Diaries, where they're also brothers. Okay. (laughs) 
Sorry, I, that just really, really sidetracked me. I got really confused. Um, um, okay, but you, you're not sure between Edward and Jacob, which one? Right, in the, in the sense, like, I think that, like, you're meant to see them as both very viable options. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not really any reason to imagine that, uh, other than the fact that we we are presented with this sort of, like, epic love story of... Bella and Edward like there's no mm-hmm. no reason like she couldn't choose Jacob mm-hmm. um I mean until he falls in love with her baby but putting that aside <laughs> right uh, ignoring ignoring that um and like and so I think you know like in, in that case like she ends up with a sort of more dangerous option um but it's also this sort of like grand epic love um and then in a sort of Hunger Games scenario, <laughs> you know that yeah. one at least, right? Hunger yes, Games? Yes, I do. PETA so versus... PETA versus Gale. Gale, um, that's right. Where Gale is the... It, actually, that's kind of a mix because, like, Gale is sort of the, the like, friend. And the friend is usually the... Um, the right choice. Well, the friend is usually the nice one, like the, yeah. the safe one. But Gale mm-hmm. is actually because he's sort of this revolutionary figure um, who who really wants to fight and has a lot of uh, anger in his heart, um, he, he becomes sort of the more dangerous uh, uh, character, whereas mm-hmm. PETA is not good at fighting, doesn't really want to fight. He's much more sort of a diplomatic kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's sort of sweet and domestic. Um, <laughs> but he's yeah. sort of the, the one who's introduced later, who's kind of the like romantic uh the the romantic figure that enters a little bit later um because of his domesticity and safety in a way right what do you mean like peter peter becomes like a viable option because he's not because he wants what's best for well so he beca- i mean it's interesting cuz he he yeah like he he's a viable option because he's really a very good guy and because the it, within the circumstances of the Hunger Games, right, mm-hmm. they sort of have this fake relationship that they don't really, at least oh, yeah, Peter they, doesn't really required. know is fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's within this sort of, like, dangerous context, but he really is the safe choice. And in the end, she does end up with Peta. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly because she's worried that um, Gail is just, like... Wasn't she sorry? This is like major spoilers for the end of the Hunger Games, but isn't she worried that Gail like orchestrated her sister's death? I mean, not intentionally. Okay. Well, like, okay, not. But in- yes, yes, like she she is concerned. I mean, she ends up with Peta because Gail sort of chooses to have this sort of more violent. Like he wants to keep sort of fighting this revolutionary fight. Mm-hmm. And Katniss is so traumatized and done mm-hmm. that she just wants to go home. And that's all Peter wants to. So they just go home. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, it does seem like it's possible that Gail's plan may have inadvertently led to Katniss's sister's death. Mm-hmm. But he was just like really, really hoping that other people would get total, totally exploded. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, like, I guess what I'm trying to say here in in this point is, like, having these 
multiple viable options um, mm-hmm. is a really good way of getting viewers or readers invested, right? Like mm-hmm. team team Edward versus team Jacob, team yeah. Peta versus team Gail. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, this seems like a relatively new uh, way of kind of uh, approaching these mm-hmm. texts, but I'm sure it's not the first time people have, uh, I mean, maybe it's the first time they wore t-shirts that said team love interest, but, <laughs> um, but you know, I think this is probably a way that people have been invested in texts for a long time, mm-hmm. um, especially like think about Think about back in the day when novels were, like, coming out serially. Um, right. So it's like, you who, know, so you're getting would... your, like, Dickens or whatever, chapter by chapter. And you're just like, oh, man, I hope Pip and Estella end up together. Ugh. Pip and Estella? No, I don't know. I've never read Great Expectations. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> know from And funnily enough, I think there are actually two endings. One where they end up together and one where they don't. Oh, okay. I was going to say my, my knowledge of Great Expectations mostly comes from... Um, just like the sick Miss Haversham Burns that have yeah. persisted through the like that's really like Dickens' greatest contribution is just like <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's kind of I'm just rude. I'm just imagining what like the Victorianists I know would say to that. <laughs> well, they probably their heads would Rack probably spin up. around 360 degrees and they would drop dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, Dickens' greatest contribution: the sick Burns, <laughs> Miss Haversham Burns, Miss Haversham Burns. Um, yeah, so I don't know, like, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have anything you want to say about this sort of way, I don't know, any of it, or like the way of, I mean, it, it invests readers? What is interesting, I mean, you were talking about, um, like, Edward versus Jacob, um, and that got me thinking about, um, Love Triangles as a potential marketing thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're saying that with spoilers, too, as in, like, a way to, like... This is like weird, weirdly um, calculating, but as a way to like keep things like spicy. <laughs> it's like who's who are they going to end up with? And like you have to read the story. I have to ask you. You know, I have to talk about this with you. Um, who like is Blue gonna end up with? Whatever you know. Um, I don't think there was ever a question. Blue was yeah. That that fancy. one was not not like a classic. You know, is is Henry going to? Yeah, we can we can talk about the Raven Boys and sort of what it does. Yeah, we will. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, but and then but earlier you're also talking about um, how it led into you're you're kind of cynically being like, oh yeah, the illusion of choice. Um, yeah, I mean, I also think like, well, a lot of these these things that I'm I'm talking about, Jane Austen, um, uh, Twilight, Hunger Games, Bridget Jones' Diary. Um, I also a lot of these like Asian dramas I've been watching lately. So like Strong Girl Bong Soon, uh, A Love So Beautiful, they all have love triangles, um, and they're all love triangles where a sort of female lead is choosing between two men who are both interested in her. Sometimes the men in the Asian dramas, at least, suck for a while yeah. and don't show that they are interested, mm-hmm. um, but. But, but, um, but yeah, it's like these two sort of equally good choices. Again, I'm saying this like from a more analytic standpoint, like I do not necessarily believe that like Gail and Peta are equally good choices. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I was team Peta, like, 
that's, I didn't that's have an trap. opinion on. That's how they get you. I didn't have an opinion on Edward and Jacob, so. Eh. Um, but uh, but I do think it's this. It, it is like a romantic fantasy to sort of. Um, Oh, all these things are are for are mostly marketed toward women, and they are mm-hmm. mostly read or watched by women. Um, and it it's it's a romantic drama and a romantic comedy trope. So, mm-hmm. of course, like women, you know, you you are sort of being asked to identify with the main female character usually, um, mm-hmm. or at least to care about that person, mm-hmm. and then you get to sort of have the the fantasy of like oh which which handsome man am i would i choose yeah you know oh i mean god sorry i just thought of like you want to go way back uh oh i'm i'm guinevere and do i choose the king arthur my husband or do i choose the handsome lancelot like Uh (laughs) it's it's a fantasy Uh um though it kind of seems stressful to me (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting because we're talking about kind of um, the kind of love triangle where people, where where it's it's kind of more like a the directionality. I don't know. I don't know how to say this, um, but it's sort of like two people like one person. Um, yeah. Where it's it's just sort of funny, just because for a long time I thought what love triangles meant was like one person likes another person and that person likes a third person. Um, so like the the like man likes girl, but girl likes another man. Or woman, or boy, whatever. Boy yeah. likes girl. Well, girl likes I mean, and that boy. that does take like that does happen in love triangles. So like in um in a love so beautiful, the the main female character has a is like really into this dude who seems indifferent to her. Another guy is very into her, mm-hmm. um, who is her friend. Oh. Okay. But in that case, the 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 one who seems indifferent to her ends up reciprocating her feelings, right? Right. I, um, I so, like, you... eventually, it kind of like comes comes back. It doesn't always end up pointed off in other directions. Yeah. No, I, I guess you're. I mean, what you said earlier about um, like choosing between the two, um, or at least like acting as a as a as a way to imagine choosing between the two, mm-hmm. like that. That I mean, in that scenario, it's always like it can be like. Ignore, ignore the other loser. Like, stick with your current choice, or like, what are you doing? Like, you're so this other person's so kind to you. Yeah, like, why yeah, are you exactly. Him? Like, exactly. You're like, oh no, give him a. Ch-. I mean, and that was yeah. Like, you're like, give him a chance. Like, he's he's really great. This other guy sucks and isn't even like paying attention to you. You're young. You're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like it is. You just sort of like yeah. get invested in that way. Uh-huh. Um. And and so I do I do think it's like that it's a it's a romantic fantasy and like you get to choose it's it sort of gives romantic it gives you different kinds of romantic leads to care about or to like root for um, you know you get I mean in, in like the simplest ways like you get your bad boy and you get your nice boy like <laughs> uh-huh. um, so the, and so the whichever en- you prefer <laughs> the enduring popularity is kind of. Um... Just as a very effective way to inject uh, plot movement and as like characters, plot movement, emotional reader, emotional investment, like all of that. All of that, I think. And and um, to have an interest. So like basically a, an interesting love story requires obstacles. This is sort of just like a, a truism, right? Like if yeah. you want a compelling love story, you need obstacles um, and they have to be obstacles that are 
like chewy reasonably huh i said i said chewy <laughs> i mean i was gonna say like they have to be like reasonably difficult obstacles right yeah um and so having you know having feelings for two different people is a pretty like yeah. reason like difficult obstacle for like ending up with the like end game choice mm-hmm. um or being in sort of a triangle where like you really like one guy but another guy likes you and so you're tempted by that mm-hmm. um like that that's a, a a an obstacle so it's it's part of this like building of the of the compelling love story because if people are just like okay we're in love and now we're together like, no problems Ugh. yeah <laughs> it's boring it's not interesting yeah I mean, um, even in real life, in real life, you're like, oh, stop showing off. We get it. You're in love. <laughs> yeah, but I think when you're you're in it, it's probably pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, pro- <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can sort of see, like... Um, for I mean obstacles. Every story needs obstacles, and it's and it's a it's really inten- It's a really interesting one, just because it's not like inanimate. <laughs> yeah. Or even born out of ill feeling. It's a very complicated right. when. Right. I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the other important thing about a love triangle. Mm. Eventually, a choice has to be made. Like there has to be a resolution. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I think this is people's frustration with um when we were talking earlier. You brought this up. The the. Betty and Veronica question, uh-huh. right? Um, which is also a different example because in that case, like, it's two women. It's very much a male fantasy of these, like, two hot, two women. beautiful girls who one's the good girl, one's the bad. I mean, it sounds the same as what I'm saying, but, like, it's different. Yeah. Um, because they're just constantly willing to um, come back to him always. Mm-hmm. Um so, but, like, part of the frustration I think people had with that sort of storyline, right, was, like, because he never could choose. He would never choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, like, you have to love – I mean, I don't know that this is true in real life, but in the in the function of the storytelling for it to be mm-hmm. satisfying, like, you have to love one of them more. Mm-hmm. Or you have to figure out a way to be in a satisfying polyamorous relationship. You can't just, like, like hop back and forth forever. Ultimately, it is about, like, making a choice, right? Yeah. Like, it, it would be fine if they were in, like, a, a satisfying polyamorous triad, but uh, having, like, going back and forth and just, it's just sort of like, you're just a jerk. <laughs> this is, this is not, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sustainable. And, you know, and I think in the ones that we're, um, the the ones that are more... With the, with the female lead, like, I think you do get a lot less of the just, like, back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also a format thing. Like, Archie Comics is comics, so. I know. It's, but, like, like instead it has of, to like, run for a million years. Is Batman dead? It's like, oh, are, is he finally marrying Ver- Veronica? Yeah. You're like, of um, course not. To both whereas, questions. you know, Twilight, it's four books or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, and she got married to him, like, in the third one, fourth one. I don't know. I don't really remember but uh <laughs> i didn't read the books um but like you know she has to choose even the vampire diaries where the main character is in a love triangle with um this this one vampire stefan and then another vampire stefan's brother damon Bethan. okay 
And I mean, in that case, I, I'm pretty sure like she she's she's with Stefan at first. Damon has feelings for her. She has feelings for Damon, but she's with Stefan. And then when she's not with Stefan anymore and is with Damon, she doesn't like go back to Stefan mm-hmm. at any point. Like you right. can't just go back and hook up with your your, your new boyfriend's brother who is your ex-boyfriend who, who you also dated right yeah mm-hmm. um like I, there can't be that much bed hopping i guess is what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and is that a reflection of societal society's puritanical norms maybe maybe if we you know we we would get frustrated with female characters i mean mm-hmm. in, as much as we certainly probably do with archie um but like female a female character who is bouncing back and forth like actually bouncing back and forth between two men, mm-hmm. if her fee- if it's just her feelings and she hasn't like committed, mm-hmm. then like it's okay. But you know if she if she's with one and then is with the other and then goes back to the one and then gets back to the other, like I think at a certain point we would not be okay with that. Well, I mean, I I don't think like personally speaking i wouldn't be okay with the first one either just because it's like a lot of disregard right disregard for the emotional turmoil she is causing in these well i mean it kind of depends right cuz like in the you know like what she do- she doesn't know she just oh, okay, feeling yeah, she's yeah. trying that, to that's, decide that's that's fine cuz like that's you know that's like the hunger games right where mm-hmm. She doesn't really make a commitment to either of them, but they are kind of busy with some other stuff happening. Yeah, yeah And so true. the two guys sort of being like, but do you love me? Okay. And she's like, I'm trying to not die right now. Um, I'm majorly traumatized. Uh, yeah, I think so I think that's like a little, uh, it's more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. But I don't know, but like, I just think it's fascinating that the love triangle is such this like enduring storytelling structure that mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I just think it it continues to be something that we get so invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is also what a ton of fan fiction is about, right? It's about mm-hmm. either solving the love triangle if it's not yet sort of reached, or doing the you know going the other way, giving another option. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. I I read this book, um, this book, Daniel Deronda, uh, which is by George Eliot, I believe. Um, it's like an old, it's like a Victorian novel. Um, and in it, there's kind of a love triangle um, between the, the sort of main lead, Daniel Deronda, and these two women. Um, and one of whom he's Jewish and one of the women is Jewish and one of the other women is not Jewish. And um, he ends up with the the Jewish woman. And apparently um, someone wrote a unauthorized sequel, as people often did back in Mm -hmm. the day, um, in where they kill off the woman that he chose, get him back together with the other woman, make him like convert to Christianity. It's like, Apparently oh very, God. very bad, unsurprisingly. Um, but just, like, the fact that, like, even then, you know, you had this love triangle and someone felt strongly about it was like, no. This I, is not how it's going to end up. I am going to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and obviously, like, 
influenced heavily by anti-Semitism. And <laughs> yes, I can't imagine that as well. Um, which I don't think is untrue of other, you know, I think we, we're starting to get love triangles that are like somewhat less typical. Um, so I think I talked about Lost Girl before where the love triangle is between the main woman, um, her male love interest, and then her female love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do get the, the two women, one man, but the center is the woman. Woman, a woman. Um, Yeah, is a, is a woman. Um, and so, like, in that case, you know, like, I, I, I mean, that was a very, like, there was a lot of gay stuff on that show. So, like, uh, I would be surprised props. by the viewer. But I'm sure there were viewers who were like, no, she has to end up with the man like she Uh should be with the man that's the right choice um and similarly i've been watching um uh winona earp and on that there's a love triangle between winona um doc who is a white man and this other guy who is a black man Mm -hmm. and again like i don't know that this is the case but i would not be surprised to learn if people Mm -hmm. you know just sort of we're like, oh, no, she should end up with, well, I mean, I don't think they're saying she should end up with white guy. But, like, you know, I think there's, like, the ingrained racial prejudice is, like, will come out in the way that people feel about certain, uh, h- how certain romantic things should <laughs> resolve. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because this um, kind of touches on fan fiction, right? Like, back when, I don't know, Captain America 2 came out or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of, like, ship wars between, like, um, whether Captain America should be with, I don't know, some... Sam or Bucky. Sam or Bucky. That's right. That's right. I was like, I could not remember. Um, So, so it's not, it's not, you're, we're not talking about, like, a classical love triangle, but we are talking about a place where, like, um, you kind of read racial prejudice being present in people's, like, defenses or decisions that, like, oh, this pairing makes quote-unquote more sense it's like uh, i see yeah i mean and that's that's 100 percent true in fandom like like hey guess what black characters do not get very much love um uh i think about uh okay this is like sort of very specific but like mm-hmm. there was a weirdly popular psych fandom for the show psych mm-hmm. um that shipped the sort of main white guy with another main white guy despite the fact that like the main character of psych is like literally in a almost romantic relationship with his black best friend (laughs) um and like it's just like the the huge differential in sort of how people romanticize that i mean this is like a whole other thing unto itself but yeah like absolutely Uh well i mean there's also that um the kind of like side eye. I don't think anyone was would been would have been like, oh, that's racist. But like the side eye when Pacific Rim first came out, and like there's like three oh, white yeah. characters, and you just it's like okay, so you ship like the there white there are two characters. white characters. Well, I guess there were like three. Rally, yeah. yeah, rally, yeah, rally. I forget about rally, but like um, know, yeah, he's, the, he's the two sort of, of like white scientists dude, everybody shipped together, right? Yeah, and you're like, uh huh. And, like, your other options are, like, Idris Elba and, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, really? Not Idris Elba? Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. There are some weird... I mean, yeah. Okay. 
which, yeah, no love triangle there, but just kind of racism. Uh, or at least, yeah, we'll do the side eye. <laughs> the side eye. All right. The side eye. Examples. We are, we're, we've spent a little bit. I mean, we've done long. a lot of examples already. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but I, so I think it, it's worth, yeah. So I sort of talked about this like classic love triangle, which I think, I mean, I, I do think the like love, love triangle of our generation is Twilight, which by the way does have a, um, um, interracial ship in it right mm-hmm. um but uh are, are you talking uh, about edward and her baby no what what do you mean by inter- well, I, I don't oh, know what i'm saying what i'm saying is in the in the love triangle of edward bella and jacob oh the I pairing yes, yes. of jacob and bella would be interracial because he is okay. native yes yes okay i, I was like so i was just end. i was just acknowledging like that's not okay okay you know, like, I, I I mean, maybe it's worth noting that, like, I do think this sort of, like, very important love triangle, it does have an interracial um, mm-hmm. couple within it. Um, but, yeah, so maybe maybe it's, like, now I sort of am thinking of these, like, ones that are maybe, like, less typical, or you get sort of the, the like, what we might call the bisexual love triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a, the true love triangle, where... Person A likes person B, who likes person C, who likes person A. Uh, well, not yes. not yeah yeah the the true love triangle where everyone is eternally frustrated by everyone else. <laughs> yes. Um, AKA the why not just become a throuple love triangle? Well, maybe, but if there well, if there's not, not really. any if there's yeah, literally there's no, if no, there's no reciprocation. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That that just wouldn't work out. Um, Let's see. Oh, like so another love triangle subversion. Um the the legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Right? So where we get um Korra, Mako, and Asami. And in the first season there was sort of a love triangle where Korra likes Mako, but Mako likes Asami, and Asami and Mako are dating, but then mm-hmm. he realizes he actually likes Korra and a bunch of dumb shit happens. It's yeah. very, it's just like very, um, not very interesting, uh, yeah. love triangle dynamics. But then, um, what ends up happening is, um, the characters all sort of end up just being friends. And then by the end of the series, uh, Korra and Asami end up dating, which mm-hmm. is just so good. <laughs> which is, which is pretty chef's kiss to use a phrase. Yes. Um, and then uh, we could talk about the Raven Boys as well, which I don't, I mean, I feel like love blob because there's so many. Love, Raven, I mean, Raven there's, Boys love They fest. literally include the phrase like everyone was in love with everyone. <laughs> but well, what, let's, before we go there, I think I want to go back to like basically when you say subversion, you're ta- when you're talking about like Legend of Korra and you're talking about subversion of the love triangle, you just mean like it's. Do you mean it, do you mean just like oh we didn't go with a straight couple or do you mean like something more than that? I kind of just mean they didn't go with their, they didn't which is they fine didn't, yeah yeah I just I think there's sort of a traditional way this plays out where if it's two girls and a guy then um, especially in that case like um, the way that it seemed like it was gonna go when they mm-hmm. first introduced Asami was as like a character it was, Mako's was love that triangle? I mean I think Korra was still the main character so what it seemed mm-hmm. like was Korra wanted Mako. But Mako liked the like pretty girl who was uh-huh. kind of a bitch. Like that, it's, it's the it's the like 
kind of the rom com, mm-hmm. uh, the rom com one of the rom com versions where if 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 a female character in a rom com has a rival, that rival is usually a bitch, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and um, comma huge. Yeah. Uh, and so that was kind of how I thought it was going to play out. But then Asami was not that. Like, with, Asami is, like, a very um, interesting character with a lot of depth. And, like, she and Korra become very genuinely good friends and then obviously fall in love. So, like, there there was a lot more going on there. But um, that was sort of what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like, in, in cases um, like Lost Girl... Where even just having in the love triangle, like that, it is a sort of from the beginning a bisexual love triangle, mm-hmm. um, or in the case of uh, uh, Winona Earp, where like a interracial relationship really, like I don't know which way that love triangle will go. I have not finished the second season, um, mm-hmm. but like like both seem completely plausible to me, um, and like I think it would be really wonderful and fitting if she ended up with the other guy because i don't like doc um (laughs) so i forgot oh dolls dolls is his name she ends Uh up with dolls um so like and i mean i don't know like it's not a subversion eh, Mm -hmm. but like i do think it's it's bringing in a a different kind of romantic element than we usually see like for for like there are so many ways in which like we as a uh, sort of society are still like so just have not progressed at all but like mm-hmm. within like romance sort of I feel like it's it's still really bad um, and uh-huh. it's still so especially bad yeah it's just still still especially like very um, very sort of white and straight and this is not universally true like I, I really want to be clear about that there's like a lot of people and when I say romance, I mean just sort of like generally, but like, mm-hmm. like even within sort of romance, the romance novel industry, like there are a lot of people doing a lot of great work, like really diversifying it and telling super interesting kinds of stories. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say that that's, but, but it is a problem. Yeah. Um, I think we do have a problem where we see, um, by we, I just sort of mean like society, I guess, where we mm-hmm. see the straight white couple as just more natural Mm -hmm. so that's really i mean i think that's really interesting i mean if if you'll forgive me for taking this into like a more i don't know i was i was i was gonna ask what your opinions on like the bachelor or bachelor red are like is this even under our umbrella or is it just like yeah okay so it's like a love starfish pentagon thing (laughs) no i I do think i do think the ultimate goal the ultimate goal of any season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is a love triangle. Mm-hmm. You can't expect it, like, early on. Like, you don't yeah, really know like what kinds of connections. People. Okay, we'll just say we'll say I'm talking about The Bachelorette just to be, like... So you don't know what kind of connection she'll have with the different men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal, I really truly believe, by the end, is that they want the audience to not know which of the two men she'll pick. Um, which means they want it to be a love triangle. They want people to be saying, you know, I'm team Brian or I'm team Peter. They want, um, like they, they want people to be extremely invested because otherwise like the last episode, 
which is usually something they want to get really great ratings on, right? The last episode mm-hmm. is like fully just what you expect. You're like, oh, okay, well, obviously this person was in love with, she was in love with him uh-huh. and that other guy was there. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, so, so like, and apparently this wasn't always true based on my listening to uh, the now defunct podcast, Rose Buddies. Um, it seems like it wasn't always true that like every season ended in this like, Oh no, I'm in love with them both. Which one will I choose? Um, But it seems like that has been kind of where it has headed. um, Because it just is such like... um, Good television? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like sort of the... Now it's it's expected because like you're like, yeah, the love triangle, it's this sort of classic dramatic feature. You get to have people like rooting for different um, like Mm -hmm. winners. Um, Yeah. So I think... And choose wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it is very funny. Like, I do think, you know, I look back on uh, the season of The Bachelorette that I watched, um, which was Rachel's season where she chooses Brian and not Peter. um, (laughs) And, like, still feel convinced she chose wrong, which is an insane thing to say about somebody's own personal life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, a real person's real personal life, even if it's it's on TV or whatever. But, like... To, to tell it's them, wild. Like, you chose wrong. But, like, I still feel that in my heart because they sold me mm-hmm. a romantic story, right? They sold me a romantic triangle. And in that love triangle, they sold me a different ending than the one that they <laughs> ended up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I think probably a lot of people still feel that way, even, you know, it's all <laughs> fake. Like, we don't know anything. Yeah. So you're saying, like, if, if I'm in a room with, like, a lot of people who've seen The Bachelorette, I can be like, so... Peter and Brian, right? And to really just break the ice. Probably. <laughs> Probably? Okay, I'll, Probably. I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah. I don't know. Was there anything else? No, I mean, I was I was just interested because, like, we're talking about... Because you were, you were talking about, like, how love triangles are so... I don't know, like, fundamental or elemental or just, like, such, a, such an enduring part. Mm-hmm. Um, and how... And kind of, like, also how... In like you felt like relationships are still like we we're really locked into like the straight white heterosexual or like culture Western culture I guess is really locked into the mm-hmm. straight white heterosexual um, couple narrative. So I wanted to bring up the Bachelor, the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, just because it's yeah. like uh, like a very like real life thing. And I think I mean it's interesting to, to about this and also like. I mean, this is just vaguely now talking about, like, racism and relationships, of which is, like, an entire other and, like, 40 podcasts in and of itself. But just, like, all the outrage when, like, Harry, Prince Harry and, like, Meghan Markle got engaged. Yeah, Meghan Markle, yeah. Um, but there, there, is no, there is no, like, third choice. There's just, like, interesting – interest, there's, like, this nebulously, quote-unquote, more proper white mm-hmm. woman that was, like, mm-hmm. Prince Harry could have chosen, which is, like – uh, I mean, like, even more nonsense. Like, you can't have a... You can't really ha- you ca- Okay. I'll correct myself. You can have a love triangle with a ghost, but <laughs> you can't have a love triangle with someone who's, like, not real. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you definitely can have a love triangle with a ghost. There are plenty of TV shows, movies, etc., where that's a big appeal of it. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that's right. And that's this is not at all the same thing as the the 
the racism thing. So I just want to be mm-hmm. clear. That just, but like, I do think there's also this category of the like perceived love triangle when somebody feels pretty convinced they're part of a love triangle, and they're oof. absolutely not. <laughs> oh. Um. Oof. So I mean, so like the sort of nice version of this, right, is like Harry, Ron, and Hermione and. Harry Potter, right, where where Ron thinks that there's some sort of something going on between Harry and Hermione, and there mm-hmm. isn't. Like, it's not a love triangle, like, at yeah, that, all. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, the nice version. The the sort of less nice version, the one I think of, is basically, like, every relationship that Littlefinger is in, in Game oh, of Thrones. God. All right, you, you did bring it back to Game of Thrones. I did, Thank I did. God. But, like... <laughs> right? So, like, he, like, thinks he's in a love triangle with Catelyn and Ned. Yeah. But he's not. Like, he's very much not. He thinks he's in a... Well, okay, I'm not going to call it a love triangle. But he thinks he's in some sort of, like, triangle of trust and family with uh, John and Sansa. And he's uh-huh. not. Like, uh-huh. just not. Um, like, this is really nice, isn't it? Ooh. Um, yeah. So, when you say these are... Do you think these are usually, like, fundamentally creepy? Like, is the person who's, like, deluded, is that tragic or is it creepy? Like, I'm trying to remember other examples. Like, But, like, if on your general, like, gut check feeling, is it more tragic or more creepy? Creepy, right? Or? Yeah, probably creepy. Uh, at the very least, I feel like it's, it's um, incredibly self-involved. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, like, because like, it, it it involves convincing yourself that you belong. I mean, like in the case in the case of like Ned and Catelyn, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a a married couple who are in love, who have children, who have been together for years. Like to think that, like, oh no, but I am involved in that. Like, I I am mm-hmm. a thing in the way of that. Even if for them, absolutely no. Like, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Um, it's yeah, it's creepy. I don't yeah. know, like. Snape and James and Lily. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Right? Like, that's another, not a love like, triangle, dude. Like, <laughs> get over it. Just because, like, both of them are dead now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, gut, gut, gut check says creepy. Creepy. Um, good point. Yeah. Obsessive, no, I think, I think maybe. I would agree with that. Like, because, like, any, any problem where the solution is, like, talk like just just like some more a little a little dose of like conversation and human empathy is like probably creepy like that's i think you say any any problem where like or the the solution for the like creepy person's idea is like just kill off the other one (laughs) (laughs) well that's a good point too you know probably creepy probably creepy yeah the classic little finger slash snape method (laughs) (laughs) yeah well snape yeah uh it backfired on Snape a bit. Just a tiny bit. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. So love trying. Oh, I did want to like briefly, briefly, briefly mention uh, the Raven cycle. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it does it does something really lovely um, mm-hmm. when with its sort of like quote unquote love triangle, love triangles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like specifically I'm thinking in in the first book blue and adam date um and it's it's sort of like this group of teenage friends and it's very much heavily implied from like the first page that blue and gansey um will fall in love 
but in the first mm-hmm. book, Blue and Adam date and like have a really nice, you know, like obviously it's not like it doesn't work out long term for a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But like they have, you know, it, they have a nice relationship. It makes sense that they they like each other. They come from a more similar background. Um, like it, it didn't feel like, OK, I just have to like have this bad relationship so that the, the good one can mm-hmm. um, happen. But nor did it feel like, oh, I need to, like, have the character's feelings be, like, torn between these two people. Because really, Blue gets over Adam and then, like, scans Like, it's not... Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, hesitation because they're they're worried about hurting Adam. But mm-hmm. um, it's not really a love triangle in any uh, more traditional sense. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you it's... can add Ro- Ronan into that and ask sort of how that works out but <laughs> yeah no it's i think the for the raven cycle has like come up a lot just feels like uh we we've both been we both read it we both liked it it's been really imp- in in this specific context it's really impressive to have a relationship that doesn't work out for like non-apocalyptic reasons like it is <laughs> not like oh it didn't work out because like I don't know, everyone, like, explosions or whatever, but... Yeah. Well, and it doesn't not work out because Blue's like, sorry, my love for Gansey is just too epic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my love for Gansey is greater than my love for Adam. Like, that's not what it is. She dates mm-hmm. Adam. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then she and then she dates Gansey. Like... Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just feel like, in, in a way, like, that's more... Real. I don't really like realistic, but it it just feels it. Well, sometimes feels like a nice like, change of pace, at least. Yeah, sometimes things just don't work out. Um, yeah, and it's like it's fine. Like yeah. it just it's fine. It just didn't work out. Right, and you know, then in the end, both Blue and Adam went end up with like super rich boyfriends. So everybody wins. Yeah, every everyone wins. <laughs> <laughs> it's all chill. Oh wait, one last thing. Uh, there's a crazy ex-girlfriend song called "The Math of Love Triangles." Check it out if you want to uh, <laughs> oh, just kind of like a really get a little one. bow on this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. What what I, what have you been? You know the usual check-in. The usual check-in. The the shout-outs. Um, so I've been I finished um, the Monster Barrel Cormorant, um, which was really really good. Um, it's the sequel to um, the Trader Barrel Cormorant. Um, which detail the first book details like um, the eponymous Barrow Cormorant, Cormorant being a given like leadership over a small province. It's like a fantasy novel, like low fantasy novel, which means there's not a lot, but there's not really magic in it. But she's given like her home island is conquered by imperial forces, the Falcrest forces, um, and she resolves to infiltrate the system and uh, take revenge, which she does by. Um, joining the another like she gets a position to like um, rule a small like recently conquered area and she uses that opportunity to um, start a rebellion um, and it's really cool and it like continues in the second um, second book and I, I don't know I've just been really impressed by I think the characterizations are really neat and I think one, one of the things that I really like about the monster barrel cormorant um, is that there's, like, several, like, three or four central characters other than Barrow Cormorant. Um, and it's just, like, it's, like, everyone thinks they're really smart and, like, everyone's, like, kind of, like, trying to trying to play other people. 
Um, but they're just like, everyone's read on the situation is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Barrow Cormoran's like, oh, like this w- this person wants to be my friend, but like he he doesn't want to because of like this his love for like his boyfriend and like a person is like, oh, I like I don't like her at all, but like I need this person safe, but like but she's just like kind of a bitch, so like she'll probably like do this. So like everyone's basically supposed to be this like master manipulator, but everyone like k- keeps letting their prejudices and biases get in the mm. way of like. And it's interesting because it's not, like, set in stone. Like, as events happen in the books, like, you see everyone experience the same events and then, like, interpret them differently because mm-hmm. of, like, their their past and, like, and apply them to their other people in the party differently because of, like, their pre-existing prejudices. So it's, like, this mm-hmm. really interesting, like, um, character. Like, I think the characters are just really well done. Um, and I think the world building is really fascinating, too. Uh, what's what's kind of sorry i'm going on because i love the love this series a lot um and molly knows sorry molly um what I, what i find kind of interesting is that um the author also takes kind of attention to making the different cultures kind of distinct um within the within the thing so i think there's like falcrest has like tradition i mean and just something that i noticed was like the falcrest like the the bad guys basically has like biologically essentialist vision of gender so like you're born with a penis, you're a man, you're you're born with a vagina, you're a woman. Um, another place, the Stach... I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like the Stach... Kingdom is like... It's like behavioral, but also very limiting, where it's like, if you act like a man, you're a man. If you act like a woman, you're a woman. But like, those categories are very strictly defined. So people... Um, and there's also like another one, the, uh, M- the MBO, the, M- the bow, um, where like you choose your gender after when you hit... Uh, when you're like age seven and you can choose between like man, woman, or, or the, a new, like a third gender, which is lamen, which is like the new, neutral third gender, which is, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool mm-hmm. uh, that you have like this world building, which extends through the book and influ- influences people's prejudices as well. Um, as well as these like really strong characters who are all like master spies, but kind of fucking it up in the second book because they don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Molly, what have you been doing? Nothing. Uh, (laughs) It's just all school all the time. Um, I'm trying to think. Becky and I are still trying to find something to watch, so we haven't really been watching anything. We caught up on The Good Place. Okay, did do that, which I'm enjoying. Um, And then we've been watching a lot of Try Guys videos. Do you know the Try Guys? They're the ones who, like, patented... Tried to, like, sue people because they had, no. like, react to? No, 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 that's somebody else. Um, the Try Guys are, like, they they started on BuzzFeed. They were, like, these four dudes who oh, try stuff. Oh, three dudes. Yeah, it's four. Four dudes. Uh-huh. They, and they try stuff, and, like, it's just kind of cute. Like, basically, it gives you the same sort of, like, uh, uh, delusion of harmless masculinity that the McElroys do, except, uh-huh. like, from the beginning, they have at least one person who is not white and not straight, so it's, like, a little... <laughs> a little, little more effective? Um, but, yeah, so it's we've been It's the same watching... person, not straight and not white? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so now they're they're not with BuzzFeed anymore. They, like, do their own thing. But it's, like, kind of fun, and we've sort of skipped around watching older ones and newer ones, so it's interesting sort of seeing how they've changed because, like, you know, they 
they try drag at one point and um you know, I feel like that sort of like influences how they think about certain things and then they try stuff later and um yeah, it's just it's it's kind of it's just kind of cute and entertaining and funny. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that is kind of it. Uh Mo- Molly is in prelim hell, so yeah. Uh, well, I'm not quite work. in prelim hell. That'll be a few weeks from now. But currently, I'm just in mid-semester Regular. hell. <laughs> Regular hell. Uh, I needed to draft a paper um, because it's being workshopped on Monday. So that was kind of my my uh, week. Sunday. Uh huh. So, um, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Cool. All right. Um, any last thoughts about love triangles? Not as glamorous in real life as they are in. Yeah, I feel fiction. pretty firmly about that. Oh, absolutely true. I I agree one hundred percent. But they're fun. They can be fun. I used to be very anti love triangle, but honestly, they're fun. Mm-hmm. It was your own your own personal experience with the love mm-hmm. triangle that turned you off them. No. Okay. Sorry. It was, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm being unfair. It was. I never thought of that as a love triangle. Um, no, it was just I thought it was sort of an overused storytelling trope. Which it is. But now I just enjoy it. I just try to have fun with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you've, you've, you've let it... You're, you're like, you know what? Let people have fun. That's Yeah, fun. It's you fine. know. Were you were you ever team anything? Like in I, the Hunger Games or... You I know? don't think so. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel strongly enough to be like team A or B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. This is why you're the kind of person who doesn't write fan fiction. <laughs> I know, I know. It's because I have... I'm, I just never get invested in anything. I have an ice cold. Uh, I just don't glacier. know how you watch something and you're not just like make out, make out, make out. That's all I want from TV. I just want beautiful people making out. Uh-huh. Um, Still waiting for Eleanor and Tahani to make out in. Um, I know, in a good right? Place then. Hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, let's sign off now. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening. Um, you can catch me at Alonculus on Twitter, um, A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S. And um, I'm at the Molly Jean. That's the M-O-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E. Um, as always, contact us either directly through Twitter um, or at um, storygutscast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you if you're ever, if you want to drop a line. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like we always say, kind of with a confused glance at each other, I guess we you should subscribe and review on <laughs> iTunes because it, it helps. Smash mark. that like button. Smash that like button. Follow, subscribe. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, thanks for listening and stay hungry. Wow.